2: you doing i'm doing somewhere between awesome and epic as usual <laughs> yeah. this is
0: amazing thank you for joining us uh, it's really uh, nice and exciting and unexpected in a sense to have you with us in this room as as that is quite a good definition of a digital nomad because yeah. you are one and you and
2: i didn't know you would be in Paris. right now here in this place yeah, it's, uh, it's part of my ever-fluid life, uh, where I just hop around from city to city, country to country every uh, few days, and it's, uh, it's really quite remarkable. I mean, this time last week, uh, you know, think about just uh, just that little journey. I mean, I was in, uh, I was in Tel Aviv, yeah. and then from Tel Aviv, I went to Riga, and uh, we had a fantastic event in Riga uh, called Tech Chill. And then from Riga, I went to Moscow for just 24 hours to uh, celebrate one of my friend's birthday parties. And then from Moscow, I went to Cannes and yeah. did Esports Bar, um, which is a, another cool event. And then I, I hopped on a train and came to Paris. Uh, Five cities in a week? Yeah. Oh, you didn't miss anything? No. Well, no, I mean, I connected in Warsaw, so I mean we could add that just for, you know... An hour or two. Okay. for so. well, the precision. So six.
0: And out of those five cities, you were doing uh, two or well, three events. Two events. Um,
2: yes. Yeah. Tel Aviv. You were also Tel Aviv. Yeah. Well, we had an event in Jerusalem, uh, which was called Our Crowd Summit. That was a phenomenal event. Absolutely phenomenal event. Um, Why? Why do you think it was phenomenal? You know, the the content there was was superb. Um, Our Crowd did a brilliant job of bringing together. Amazing speakers um, and really awesome content. Um, But there was a huge amount of people. I mean, much more than I expected. Um, I think I had something like 10,000 people now. And uh, just the quality of the attendees, that's that's often with startup um, and tech events, actually the thing that I like the most. Um, I do love the speakers, and they always put on great content. Um, They do a great job in that respect. Uh, but it's, it's usually for me, the attendees, where I get mm-hmm. most of the value. Um, so that's really interesting. And that's sort of our crowd, you know, the attendees were amazing. And uh, so a question about that,
0: because when you say 10 Southern attendees, one would expect that it's um, kind of a nightmare. Because uh, it's
2: too many of them. Well, you, you could think that. But, uh, you know, I've found over the years that when I attend the events that have more people, yeah. Um, you just have a higher percentage chance of meeting really interesting ones. Um, of course, you can't get around everybody because, as you, you know, you pointed out, there's, there's a lot of people at these. Um, but Web Summit, for example, you know, I've seen that grow over the years. I've, I've been to every one of those except one. Uh, so I've seen it grow from just a, a very small audience all the way up to 60,000 people. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, I don't think there hasn't been maybe, maybe one web summit was uh, maybe not the case, but every other web summit for me has been personally life changing because of the people I've met. And that really only happens because of the amount of yeah. people. Can I ask you why only there was one that wasn't the case? Um, yeah, one of the early ones, that were just, uh, it was very small, you know, still at the time. And then they grew, they, they doubled and tripled. And, you know, in terms of their growth rate, uh, website has been remarkable. Um, they've employed an awful lot of technology to make that possible. You know, they've they've used a lot of marketing technology, a lot of personalization technology, um, some machine learning, uh-huh. uh, some matchmaking within their app.
0: Have you have you seen this from the inside? Do you, how much do you know about the, the details of how they do it?
2: Yeah, we actually wrote a story on VentureBeat about it uh, a couple of years back when they when they grew from uh, I think it was twenty thousand to forty thousand visitors. You know that was largely because of the uh, the technology I am using and the, the technology they developed to do that matchmaking and to you know bring the right type of people into the, uh, in the event and make sure that they were connecting with each other. I
0: oh, I don't know if he's watching us, but hello, Patty. Um, I'm, uh, I'm I've heard that they were building this uh, technology technology as a SaaS product for event organizers. They were planning to. Release it at any point of time this year.
2: Yeah, I think there is uh, there is something in that. Um, you know, I don't know for sure, but uh, certainly they've they've been developing some really awesome proprietary technology uh, to make that happen. Um, it's not just a standard sort of marketing. Yeah, it's, it's that. It's, uh, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. So we're at the office here at Startup Sesame uh, downstairs, uh, where it's chilly cold, and um, we have our little fish over there, but you cannot see it. Uh, called Puissance. Uh we are with you towards uh Stuart Rogers and at least at large adventure bits. Um what does it mean to, to be
2: what you are? Oh wow, that's a big question. Yeah, we um, have uh, yeah. twenty minutes left. Absolutely. And uh and my Pascal and Raph, I can see uh, people uh, joining in and uh, and commenting. Thank you so much. If you've got any questions, just uh, feel free to throw it in there. Um I'll try to use my zoom mode on my glasses <laughs> to actually read the text. Uh because it's tiny. Um but uh you know, so I, I, I have a lot of things that I do. I don't just do, do one thing. Um, so I'm a journalist for VentureBeat, of course. Um, I'm also an analyst for VentureBeat. Uh, so as well as recording the news, I'm trying to make the news. I'm trying to come up with analysis of uh, different trending areas um, to tell us things that we didn't know before. Um, and that's important to me because when I go to these tech events and I, I do speak, I want to be able to give brand yeah. new data and information. Um, that's of value to the uh, tech events because when a lot of tech events invite media, um, the the media don't tend to go. And the reason for that is because they know that they're just going to hear the same speeches that they've heard already, everywhere else yeah. already. Um, the tech events that really get it right are the ones that get all of the uh, news, the hard news, to actually be announced at their events. Yeah. And they have embargoes and they get us the press releases beforehand and we can queue up those stories and then we can add in a little flavor from sitting in the press pit, uh, you
1: know, something that we've heard right there and then and then publish it. And, you know, those are the ones that get the press excited because we've got some brand brand new
2: information uh, to, to launch. And so, you know, when I go to do these speeches, I try to use my analyst jobs to give news, you know, something that hasn't been said before. Um, so I try to do that can I ask you a question about this Um, I feel that the
0: the type of events that are doing this what you just described is usually um, big trade shows like conventions like CES type of things uh, and events that are organized by media Mm -hmm. where you really have this sort of angle like I want to make sure I've got an announcement you know happening on stage up to a level where you even have some conferences where basically especially with startup conferences, all the speakers are announcing something, you know, like, oh, we launched the V2 of whatever new feature, yeah. and we are rebuilding it today. Do like, that's
2: kind of a correct answer. Yeah, and, you know, if, if I look at uh, the different conferences that are out there, you've got distinction between uh, the tech events and uh, vendor events. Yes, and where totally. vendor events get it wrong is when they talk about themselves all the time. When they're just constantly barraging you with their latest features, their latest news, their latest information, um, I can tell you there's there's a there's a vendor event called Postback, and Postback is uh, done by the people at Tune, who are a mobile marketing company. Um, they get it absolutely right. In fact, I, I would go as far to as say that uh, Postback is the gold standard as far as vendor conferences are concerned. Um, Where is it? Why it's uh, it's in Seattle. Yeah. and What they do absolutely right and what they get absolutely right every single time is they spend approximately five minutes talking about themselves across the entire two days. When they do talk about themselves, it's because they've got a brand new free tool that they want to give away. So they're not even trying to sell you something, just giving you something for free. Okay. And then the rest of the conference is high quality, like world renowned speakers who are just giving you awesome takeaways and knowledge and information. What that does for for Tune is it gives everybody that uh, is at the event an incredible experience um they get emotionally attached to tune because tune gave them that incredible experience and so it elevates the conversations that they can have with those people after and increases their chance of doing repeat business and additional business with those companies because now you've got this emotional attachment and, and the thing with sales and marketing is 80 percent or more of the decision-making process is based on emotion. Still is, always has been, always will be. Mm-hmm. So anytime you can elicit emotions in people, you're more likely to do business with them. But this is the content marketing done done right? Yeah, absolutely. Um,
0: tell me more about your favorite ex- uh, events and also favorite event experience that you had so far. Like you were at shield recently. I missed this one. Yeah. Uh,
2: but do you consider? why do you consider it to be event? Show was really fun, actually. It was really good. Um, again, they, they did it right in terms of the the speakers. There were lots of uh, lots of good speakers um, that had real takeaways, real you know something real to offer the audience. Um, I mean, that's what I'm trying to do. That's what I when I'm moderating panels. That's what I tell all the experts on the panel to do is um, give really good takeaways to the audience, mm-hmm. if possible make your takeaways 280 characters or less because then people will tweet your takeaway and give you lots of free publicity. So that's that's a good thing to do. Um, and, you know, the information that, that is there is awesome. In addition to that, um, they had a fantastic uh, set of attendees. The attendees were wonderful, um, really good quality in terms of because of the speakers, because of the location, uh, because of all the efforts that they put into marketing it and the uh, the tone of voice throughout their mm-hmm. entire marketing, it, it drew the right people to Riga. It, it absolutely drew the right people to Riga. And then, of course, uh, in addition to the other two things, we must always make mention of the uh, side events. Um, mm-hmm. By side events, what we merely mean is parties. Uh, but, you know, we can't ignore them because um, they absolutely make every single event unique and fun and interesting and, and give you another reason to want to come back next year. Uh, but, you uh, you know, it's, it's Riga was a was that sort of perfect melting pot, and you know, for for, for Latvian community, startup community, for the you know uh, sort of in general, I mean, I just thought it was uh, really superb. and uh, they're just going to go from strength to strength. It was two thousand people this year um, attending that event, and I can see it doubling, you know, every year if they uh, if they keep on doing all the things they're currently doing.
0: This one, for example, is organized by non profits so they have a different approach in terms of what is the the goal of that event or what is their mission.
2: other yeah. um, events that you like maybe on the for profit side? Well, before we talk about for profit side, let's let's just draw a comparison yes. between where Tech Chill is now yeah. and where slush was a few years ago. Okay. Sounds like a good question. Because slush is also a not for profit. Yeah. Um, and also from the Nordics, like and also are, from the Nordics, far away. and and also a similar feel. Like you know, who goes to uh, to Riga in in February? Who goes to uh, Helsinki in November slash December? You know, these the the the, uh, the draw there is. You know, is it, it's hard it's to, it's interesting. Yeah, I right?
0: okay. I'll do market that.
2: Yeah, and uh, and actually, it's that unique experience, right? It's that. Uh, Actually, it's not going to be sunny. It's not going to be all beaches and happiness. It's going to be like <laughs> snow and freezing. Um, that's actually a, a little bit of the secret sauce in, in getting in there. Um, but just look at where Slush is now. I think uh, last year it was, what, 20, 25,000 people or something? 20, right? yeah. Yeah, 20,000 people. So, yeah, it's, that's remarkable growth in that time. And I, I, see the tech chiller, you know, on that similar growth, path. um, they might not be able to grow quite as big if they keep going uh, to the same location. They might need to find a bigger mm-hmm. place, but, um, actually the location was a pretty good draw as well. It was kind of like a palace, you know, it was, uh, very There's similar a of library or something don't like Um, yeah, it was, no. uh, I can't remember these. I know. I exact know. Name it is, yeah. bit, but so you can take it out. Series, minutes, right? yeah Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, similar feel to pioneers, you know. It made me. It made me remember pioneers when you think of that event, which of course was was also a great event. So but you know, like, um, sorry, like following on, like we can play this a little bit more. Mm.
0: After you talk about an event, I'm going to ask you a question about that event. So pioneers, they have this limit because of the venue that is yeah. outstanding. Yes, but it's limited. Okay, you have two thousand thousand people there. That's all. Yeah. You yeah. cannot fit more people in. So because of the growth, they had to make this decision that was. By then, I think the, one of the first who had that approach to make it invite only for startups and yeah. free. Yeah. So they select five hundred startups every year, and then they could rise the the price of the tickets for the other mm-hmm. 10, uh, investors and corporates. Right now, the event is at the end of May, and I, I think the tickets are like two hundred or seven hundred. Mm-hmm. But because there are they have this uh, you know venue capacity limits. Yeah. Um, do you know, yeah, how, uh, what do you think about Pioneers? What is it special again uh, about this event?
2: Yeah, I mean, the, the location yeah. helps. Yeah. Um, they do a wonderful job of putting on a, a, a real show. They have a very high caliber of speakers. Yes. Um, very high caliber of speaker. They've done, done an exceptional job of bringing the big names in, and, and that's, that's important. I mean, I remember when I um, moderated a panel last year, um, I'm moderating a panel with, uh, you know, Google, um, and also, you know, a uh, an Oscar Award nominated author. Uh, you know, this, this is you know, these are not small fry. These are big people who they they've pulled into that event, and that uh, that makes a huge difference. Um, that you know generates a real pull for everybody. Um, in addition to that, you know, audience size is is kind of interesting. So when we run our VentureBeat events, yeah. we, we have a sort of a delineation between two different types of event. So with VentureBeat, we have the, the beats and we have the summits. Um, the summits are limited. You know, typically we'll only have like 250 people there. And they will be C level people. And as well as the content, as well as the great speakers, and we obviously we get some you know big brands to come and talk to people there. We'll have boardroom sessions with mm-hmm. Chatham House rules, where c level, you know, uh, executives can all discuss things with each other, and we have really good moderators within those sessions, and they can actually help each other's businesses. Yeah, you know, that's incredibly valuable. That's very different to the Beats, where basically everyone can come, mm-hmm. and the numbers aren't so limited. We, you know, we don't have this like invite only kind of situation. Um, it's a different flavor of event. Um, similar kind of speakers, but uh, it's it's a different flavour. You get much more interaction between people, and much more interaction across levels of people, and in mm-hmm. you know, levels of job title. And that in itself makes it particularly interesting because you know everyone's learning at different rates within the uh, within the beats, as opposed to within the summits. Um, All of this is happening in the US, right? Huh? Typically, yeah. Yeah, you do some of them in Europe or so outside of the US? We, uh, we've mostly focused those events in the Bay Area. Yeah. So, you know, they've been in San Francisco. We've also done Games be in uh, Los Angeles before now. We've uh, done events in Berkeley. Um, we did do uh, New York and Boston. Um, we've had road shows that have gone elsewhere, but we haven't done any of the major events in, in Europe yet. Okay. So. Small details are big surfaces?
1: you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at Airbnb.com slash host.
0: Um, that reminds me also a bit um, the way um, an event was approached in the U.S. called um, Patao. So Patao, uh, I don't know about this. They're they also organizing uh, for the third time, I think this year, another event called Words with a Z idea. So Petal is, end, yeah, it yeah, was, so Petal, P-T-T-T-O-W, is kind of invite-only, C-level, uh, summit with 250 people coming, mm-hmm. between twice a year. It's very much into media marketing, entertainment, uh, or U.S. mostly. So they bring the brands, technology, and, uh, buyers, probably. Yeah. Um, but the problem was that the, the the big guns, like the CEOs, will come there, have great ideas to partner. Then they will come back to the office, and no one was able to put in place what was discussed. Yeah. Yeah. So they decided to do a larger event, more inclusive, um, where senior manager, uh, you know, VPs, directors, etc., will come and actually put things in practice. Yeah. Yeah. They have this sort of um, yeah. Uh,
2: movement between levels that you weren't talking about. And I think that's important. You know, you have to, if you're putting an event together, you've got to decide, is this going to be a strategic event or a tactical event? Yeah. And, nice you know, strategic events are the ones where you have the C-level executives and you keep the audience, you know, relatively small. And then they can work on strategy because that's where their strengths lie. Um, tactical events, open it up to all levels, open it up to a wider audience. Um, that's where you really have to get the content right. Because the problem with tactical events, problem with having a, a wide um, you know, breadth of, of audience is that it's hard to get the content level right. Mm-hmm. Because there might be people in there who really know their stuff. And if you keep the talks too high level, then they get bored. You know, they're not they're learning anything new. Um, at the same time, you've got people in there who know nothing about the topic. And they want that real high helicopter view of the situation. Um, and something I don't see, which I would like to see at events, and uh, you know, I'm sure there's some events that have figured this out, um, but I'd like to see instead of different tracks based on different topics, I'd like to see different tracks based on different levels. Mm-hmm. So you can decide, you know, if, if, if there's a, a blockchain event out there, there's going to be a lot of people right now who don't understand how it works, so give them a beginner's track. There's going to be a lot of people outside right now who are already building and they want real detail and they want to know how to get to
0: the next level. I think, for example, South by Southwest uh, among events that are at least communicating like this, they have the sort of basic intermediate and advanced mm. level or something like that. I and mean, they're programming to you. can even search uh, sessions
2: based on the level. Um, yeah, South by Southwest does do that. Um, but it's also yes. because two 2,000 panels. So it's yeah, nice it's South, South by is kind of a. Kind of strange one. It's, it's it's just you know it's grown into such a monster that uh, I'm not sure it, you know how much value it actually uh, how it gives these days. Uh, that's you know interesting uh, brutal honesty as usual. Um, but uh, you know I, I think the if you do split your tracks by level, one of the things you absolutely have to do is not lock people into that level and give them the opportunity to move freely around because you might set your content at a particular level and think, well, this is definitely intermediate content. This is definitely expert mm-hmm. content. Um, but, you know, sometimes we, we, you know, we slightly slip. And also sometimes attendees think I'm intermediate when in fact actually they are expert. Mm-hmm. And so you've got to give people the ability to still be fluid and move between sessions if they're not getting their value that they want. You must not lock them into that track. I, I see that quite a lot of events where, you know, on the back of your badge, mm-hmm. It's got the things that you are locked in for and they expect you to be there. Um, I think that is a little bit problematic. I think you just need to allow people to be able to move. I I realize that sometimes that means that there might be a panel with a lower audience than in another track. Um, But, of course, that's the reason that we record all these things and stream all these things and everything else. You know, the panels need to know that it's not just the people in front of them but it's the audience. It's also thousands of people watching online on something like you know, Facebook Live, for example.
0: I'm thinking when I hear uh, your comments that it's also about learning things, like what you're describing is a situation where I go to an event or to a conference in particular to learn and mm-hmm. to get inspired, to go to talks that matter, etc. And I, maybe I have a bias because we are always you know working with startups with their even strategy more from a business point of view in terms of like how much contacts you're going to make there. Yeah. And if I tell those people, okay, you have the C-level uh, panels, go there so you can grab the attention of the CEO. You know what I mean? Like, Or we we'll say, oh, uh, go to the pitches because the, during the pitch competition that was coming yesterday with Bindi, um, you will have the BCs in the so this is kind of the approach that we have usually, and it's not so much about, oh, go to this session because you're going to learn interesting things for your company. Um, how much of also, like, I, mean, I don't want to be sure I ask you this question, uh, how you, you engage with startup attend these uh, during events, but how much of learning versus transacting, you know, making business, hardcore business, do um, you think is um, available and important during events? Let me rephrase that again. Um, yourself, you go to learn things. Yes. And if business is happening, is not the first
2: reason why you go to an event. No, I, think, I think they are all combined. But I do feel like sometimes people get it wrong. So yeah. you just said something interesting, which was, you know, go to the pitch things because that's where the VCs are. Yeah. Do you know, sometimes when, when I walk from one room to another room at an event, um, I might get stopped five times to be pitched news, yeah. or to be pitched. Uh, you know, could you write about my startup? And and that's okay. Only five times. You know, you know nice. five times in the space of like a hundred yards <laughs> gets a bit excessive sometimes. Um, you know, so when I am walking around, I do get pitched to a lot, and and it's okay, and and I like to you know hear about new st- stuff. But at the same time, um, sometimes it's just it's just not appropriate to stop me or a VC or anyone else, you know, if you're going to the pitch thing because you want to meet with VCs and you're trying to earmark who those people are, and then you're going to just sort of quite unnaturally insert yourself into a conversation with them. And, and you know, how does that go for you? I mean, remember right at the start, I said that, you know, 80% no. of business is still emotion. Why not instead of going to the obvious place to, to meet them and pitch to them, you just have a natural conversation and treat them like human beings at the side events or uh, elsewhere in the show and not go to the obvious place because actually if you if you go to the obvious place and start pitching to them um, that's when you know they might uh, put the shutters up uh, whereas if you just have a natural conversation over a coffee or something like that with them you can you can get to know them a little bit treat them like a human being and then Hey, presto, emotion is involved, and now you can have a conversation. So, you know, and let them know what you're doing. Um, I think in terms of percentage, you know, I, I see both uh, the, the learning aspect and the networking aspect as mm. fairly equal and, and equally important. But the networking has to be done in a natural way. You know, try not to just be that person that uh, is, is cutting into a conversation just so that you can get your pitch in. It's a little bit like a cold call, but in person and when a cold call is in person, it can be even more awkward <laughs> than a cold call on a phone, right? So
0: don't do that. Um, recently, you published on your Facebook profile that you had uh, 350 <laughs> Mobile Work Congress meeting requests. Uh, mm-hmm. So this is quite a nice number. And after you published this, I guess that you had even more because people were like, oh, he's <laughs> taking requests, you know, for this event. <laughs> let me check it out. So uh, how do you manage this? Like, and it's also from yourself as a, as a human being, but from the organizer, what can you tell them? That the, you
2: can talk to them. And most of the people who are watching this are organizing events. You can tell them. Yeah, sure. Um, well, look, first of all, I, I get 100 pitches a day uh, as a standard. That's just as a benchmark. I get 100 pitches a day. Then when you get a press class for an event, you get put on the press list. Yeah. And then everyone goes, oh, you're going to be at the event. We'd like to meet you and tell you our news. Um, at the time when I posted that, it was, yeah, 349 pitches. By the time somebody else said 350, it was already 352. <laughs> By the time somebody said, oh, 353, it was already 365. Um, it's now well over 400 and Can you still have it's 10 growing, days to go. Growing, yeah. growing. Um, how do I manage this? How do I manage a hundred pitches a day normal as baseline? Plus when I'm doing an event, an extra, you know, a few hundred on top. Yeah. And, and also, you do several events in a row sometimes. Yeah, of course. So it's sort of get into yeah, sort of events. Yeah. yeah. So I have an "always out of office" message. I have that for two reasons. One is because I'm a digital nomad, and it's true, I'm always out of the office. Um, and the other is uh, for management purposes. So everyone that sends me an email gets an automated message, and the automated message um, uses humor to sort of uh, you know make sure that you realize I. I do, do believe that your words are very important to me, um, but also that I'm not going to read any of them just at the moment. Um, and if you're going to send me an email, and maybe it's about uh, how can you get a guest post in VentureBeat, uh, then I give you the instruction yeah. on how to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, if it's an email about, uh, you've misread what my job title is, and you think you can sell me some marketing technology, uh, then I'm going to send you in a different direction. Um, you know, And eventually it gets to the point where it says, uh, uh, among other things, it says, so, you know, if you're Ever want to listen to my voice, you can listen to the podcast, you know, be, be engaged, that kind of thing. And eventually it says, I will get to your pitch, um, and I'll reply to you if I can pick it up. But at the
1: same time, if you're desperate to get this seen by the writers, here's a different email address for you to send it to,
2: and everyone gets to see those. So, you know, that's, that's a management process. Um, and having that always on means that anyone who's emailing me can redirect themselves to get a faster response. Then on my phone, I get to see every single email. And in the notifications on my phone, I get to see the subject line and the opening few lines of text. It's very, very easy for me to very quickly decide what I'm going to keep and what I'm going to archive um, in terms of which pitches are going to be exciting for me and which ones I don't need to look at. So
0: if you just had a a quick uh, few tips for especially startup uh, founders, what should be in this uh, subject line? Um, well, subject line needs to
1: basically catch my attention. Um, first of all, you know, do do your research. It takes approximately ten seconds <laughs> to Google my
2: name and see what I write about: marketing technology, artificial intelligence, augmented reality, virtual reality, and blockchain technologies. So, if you send me a press release. Um, for your uh, little robot ball <laughs> that runs around a hardwood floor picking up dust, and that's what I've actually had, um, then I'm going to ignore it instantaneously. So make sure it's on point. Do your research. It doesn't take very long. Um, the second thing is is tell me... Um, so there's an old thing from the US Army handbook on writing yeah. um, that is an acronym, and the acronym is BLUF, B-O-U-F. It stands for bottom line up front. Tell me immediately what this is about. Don't try and weave a beautiful story and yeah. eventually get to tell me what it's about. Because I'm not going to read. I need to know exactly what it's about. What is what is this? What's the problem you're solving? What's the news you're announcing? Straight away. You know, try and keep your your pitches to three paragraphs or less. Um, if you're if you're sending me the entire press release or all of the text that you would normally send in a press release, I'm probably not going to read it. But if you say to me here. Here's our product, service, here's the solution, here's the news. Would you like to see the press release? Do you agree to embargo? We'd like to go for the exclusive, you know, or something on those lines. At least that gives me a chance to see it for what it exactly
0: is and either accept or pass. And during an event, if that's happening in person, you mentioned earlier to treat you as a human and probably avoid uh, bothering you when you are moving from a conference room to another yeah. What other advice could you give to a founder, especially, you know, those first-time entrepreneurs who haven't done those many, you know, events or international events, and when they will see you, they will they will
2: want to get the opportunity to pitch you? Yeah, I mean, just, you know, come up and, and say hi and be normal. And, you know, <laughs> the amount of times, um, you know, I've been talking with, with someone that I know, and then there's been somebody doing that awkward hovering thing and side-eye side and... Then when, when I do eventually sort of turn to them and say hi, uh, and they go, "We just want to tell you all about our startup," and it's like, no, just be normal, be human, come say hello,
1: and let let's get to know each other a little bit and talk about the weather and the stuff that you normally
2: do when you meet someone for the <laughs> first time, right? Um, you know, don't uh, don't be that person that immediately comes up and says, ah, "Here's the business card." Like, you don't do that at parties, right? No. Yeah. People do that on LinkedIn all the time. It's incredibly annoying. You know, they'll, they'll connect with you. And then instead of actually getting to know you, they'll immediately go to pitch. And just don't do that. Just, you know, get to know people a little bit. It doesn't actually take that long to, to build some kind of real
1: emotional connection and, and have a normal conversation with somebody. Um, and then you can introduce what you do. Because
2: most likely, I'll be interested enough in you to say, so tell me what you do. And then you can tell.
0: Uh, I I love this as a form of conclusion. We're getting to the end. Uh, If you have a question, you can ask right now or afterwards. Do you want to share
2: what's next for you? What's next? Uh, So from from here, I'm here till Saturday. I'm going to to Amsterdam for a few days just to see friends. And then I'm flying to Kiev for the Elevate conference Uh, um, where I'll be doing a keynote. I'm going to stay a little while in Kiev just because I've never been, and I've got a lot of friends there, so I'm going to get a chance to, to spend time with friends in Kiev. And then uh, I go to Barcelona for my World Congress, and uh, I will not be there speaking. I will be there solely in the capacity as a, as a journalist and also to, to meet lots of wonderful people. Mobile um, you know, World Congress has actually uh, become an important event for me uh, for lots of different reasons, personal as well as professional. So... Uh, I'm going there and uh, it's going to be a melting pot of all my favorite people in the world all coming together in Barcelona. So, um, you know, we're going to get to catch up and uh, talk about business, but also, you know, catch up on our personal lives and and have some fun as well as, uh, you know, getting things done. So, you know, Mobile World Congress is going to be a lot of fun. And
1: then after that, um, I might hang around Europe for a few more days, but I
2: will eventually hop on a plane and go to Uh, Seattle, San Francisco Los Angeles, Las Vegas, Nashville and New York Uh, so I have a derby summit where they've asked me to keynote and um, also uh, there's an event in in Nashville where I'm going to be doing and uh, New York will just be again just to uh, to go and see some friends and uh, catch up on things. All of that with just one piece of luggage? Uh, Yep
0: one suitcase, one backpack and a yoga mat. Amazing, thank you so much for joining us today Stuart and uh, thank you guys for watching us any question again, feel free to ask and I'll see you around at
2: the Mobile World Congress. Perfect. Looking forward to it. Thank you. Thank you.